Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. In the morning, he leads them out to green pastures. In the heat of the day, he rests them beside still waters. In the evening, he counts them, calling each one by name, attending to their wounds with oil and comfort. At night, he lies down in the mouth of the sheepfold, his body becoming the door, the only source of protection against the elements and enemies outside. His eyes are keen, able to scan the horizon by day and penetrate the darkness by night. His ears are sharp, alert to the sound of danger and the individual cry of a wandering sheep. His shoulders are strong, bearing the burden of the young and the weak who can no longer bear the journey. It is to him the angels come. It is to him the message is given, and he responds. Through the little town that knows not his name, from house to house he moves, bearing the burden of love, willing to share it with those who will listen. A savior has been born. A shepherd who will give his life for his sheep. A lamb who will give his life for the shepherds. For the child of the stable is the shepherd of love. Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm going to have you stand, and we're going to begin our worship by singing, O come, all ye faithful. I'm so glad you're here this morning and we can worship the Lord together. Let's sing this majestically to our King of kings and Lord of lords. So come let us adore him.
morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we adore you. We crown you King of kings and Lord of lords. We lift up our worship to you today, Jesus, and we give you thanks and praise. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. And sing verses 1 and 3 of O Holy Night.
sing Little Drummer Boy. Come, they told me, pa pum pum A newborn king to see, pa pum pum Our finest gifts we bring, pa pum pum to lay before our king, pa pum pum rumpa pum pum rumpa pum pum So to honor him, pa pum pum when he thank you that you are our king. God, we give you our best this morning. We give you our worship. We love you. We adore you. And we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, 
do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Man has worked the field since his fall, by beast or by crop, in plenty and in drought. He must tame the land or be tamed by it. The shepherd knows this well. He is a keeper. He is a guardian. He is a guide. And his flock, aimless in all their attempts, pulls him far away to chase their fickle hearts. How peculiar it is that God omnipotent would take the post of a shepherd. I bring you the Savior, yes, the Messiah, has been born this night in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the babe wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. A baby? A manger? Glory to God in the highest! Peace on earth and goodwill toward men!
So the shepherds left their flock and hurried to the village of Bethlehem. In society's eyes, shepherds should not be the first ones to greet the king of kings. But isn't that just like the creator of the universe? He uses lowly people to do amazing things for his glory. Merry Christmas. The theme this weekend has been the only thing fit for a king. We're taking a look at the shepherds this weekend, and I just want to say thank you to everybody who helped us with our Christmas Eve service last night. And uh, Today, our worship experience, worship team, phenomenal job this morning. They'll be back at the end of service to close us out. And last night, we had a, a great time looking at the shepherds and, and maybe a more traditional uh, Christmas Eve service. Tonight, I want to look at the same thing. I want to look at the shepherds and examine them. But I want to do so today in a little bit of a creative way. This time of year, there's a lot of things to look forward to for many as we go into the Christmas season. Uh, and here we are on Christmas Day on a Sunday, which I love. And there are a lot of things that, that we do as a part of the Christmas season. And, and this time of year, we have the Christmas specials that, that come on television. Does anybody have a favorite Christmas special they looked forward to every year watching? Oh. What was it? Elf. Okay, Elf. Oh, all right. Chris and I are the only ones that watch TV. I see uh, everybody else is so holy here. There's a lot of great Christmas specials. Probably my all-time favorite is a Charlie Brown Christmas. In 1965, Charles Schultz said the only way CBS would be able to use his characters for a special is to allow the real Christmas story to be a part of the cartoon special. That's, therefore, that's why we get Linus's speech about Jesus. What an incredible, if you've never seen it, you need to watch it because it's incredible. We're actually thinking about making that uh, our Christmas program next year. And so we're looking forward to that. There are other Christmas specials as well. Maybe you have a special place in your heart for Frosty the Snowman, which came out in 1969, about a snowman who comes to life. But one of my favorites also is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, don't fit elf toys. They're defects. They felt rejected. Toys like the spotted elephant that looked like a Dalmatian dog. Or a boat that doesn't float. Or a plane that flies backwards. And who can forget a Charlie in a box? Because nobody wants a Charlie in a box. They want a Jack in the box. These toys had no one to love them. They were neglected, possibly thrown out and discarded. But on the island of misfit toys, there was a king, a lion king, who gathered them together and took them to live on his island, a place where they would be valued and loved, and they would have a place in his kingdom. I think of our shepherds. They must have felt a little bit like that, like misfit toys. And that's the title of my message today, The Island of Misfit Toys. The shepherds were men of no reputations. The shepherds were not wealthy. They had a stinky job being a shepherd. For the most part, they lived 
among their sheep in the rocky, dusty places. The shepherds were, were not educated men, but they were men of integrity and character. These men received uh, a personal invitation to come and see Jesus, the King of Kings, the great and mighty Lion King. Our scripture says, And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Living out in the field, there was no place to take a shower, no portable restrooms. They were roughing it. The angels didn't come to people who were freshly showered or well-dressed. They didn't come to people of reputation or great means. They came to the stinky, hard-working shepherds in the field, a bunch of misfits. The shepherds would rather, the sheep were rather their own or they were taking care of someone else's sheep. This was their livelihood. All they knew. They weren't really looked on very popular in, in culture. They, they were the working class men out in the field, working hard. Last night we talked about all the different people that the angels could have showed up and, and, and been the ones to say, Jesus has been born. And we walked through all those different ones, but at the end, none of them were chosen. It was the shepherds. Let's go back to our scripture again in verse 9 in Luke chapter 2. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. By the way, if angels showed up and had that kind of conversation with me, where just a few moments earlier there was nothing but sheep and dust and maybe some bushes in the distance, and then an angel shows up, I'd be scared too. But the angel says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that, uh, of great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Upon hearing this amazing news, they had a choice to make. Go or stay. Go or stay. Choice that are ups and downs, and we get exhausted just kind of thinking about it and talking about it. But can I tell you, our life real, really boils down to a choice. Do we stay where we are at, or do we go with the king? It all boils down to that choice in life. But, but when you look at these shepherds who had to make this choice, would they stay or would they go? Who were they? They had to have thought that to themselves. Who are we to get this invitation to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, his birth? This is a place for, 
the most highly honored people to go. Why us? Why us bunch of misfits? Why have we been called to come before the king? Maybe some of the thoughts that were going through their mind are just like this video. I can't believe this is happening. Oh, I got to get a grip. I got to, uh, I got to tell people. That's what I got to do. I got to, I got to go tell people. I got to, I got to share the news. I got to let them know that, uh, <laughs> who's going to listen to me, huh? Who's going to listen to me? I mean, I, it's not like I have any kind of reputation. People don't give me two looks. And I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one to talk about angel sighting and Messiah's coming. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, I just got to... I just got to put my manners on. That's it. I can put my manners on. I got to talk right. That's it. And then I got to... I gotta clean up. I can do that. I can clean out under my fingernails. There's no hiding this man. It just don't make sense. None of it makes sense. He said, uh, good news. Good news of great joy for everyone. Because the Savior was born today in Bethlehem. He said we'd recognize him by, by a very specific sign. He said that baby would be wrapped in cloths and lying in a... <laughs> and this was the kicker. <laughs> That baby would be lying in a manger. <laughs> a Messiah in a feeding trough. <laughs> oh. I mean, even my family was better off than that. We didn't have two sticks to rub together, but at least I had a, a bed to lay my head in when I was a kid. I've been waiting my whole life for this Messiah. And now it seems he may be more like me than I ever thought possible. This ain't good news. This is the best news ever. Come on, boys. shepherds had to come to a conclusion that they were 
who they were. They were just a bunch of misfit men. Today, people leave our churches. They walk out in disillusionment, burnout, wore out. And the majority is that because they never come to the realization of who they really are. We spend so much time and energy trying to put on a face of a Christian instead of just following Jesus. You and I are broken. We are misfits. But we are loved by a king. And isn't it something that Jesus saw a bunch of misfits and said, I'll come and be a misfit with you. I won't be born in a palace. I'll be born in a barn. That's how good our king is. He relates to us. You don't have to put on a face to look good. Can I tell you, there's no amount of makeup you can put on no clothes that you can put on that make yourself worthy to be in the presence of the king. But what he wants is your presence. He wants you to spend time with him. Here we find our shepherds, this bunch of misfits. They decide to go, and that meant they would have to leave behind their sheep. Their very source for livelihood. This was a danger. To leave them behind means that all of a sudden that these sheep could be eaten by wolves or other predators. They could wander off and they could never find their sheep. But it was more important to let go of the thing that they had in their hand that they thought they could control. It was more important to let that go, to be in the presence of the king. We know they left their sheep behind because of a few things. The, the town of Bethlehem was a small town. They could not have taken their flock of sheep with them. It would have been a huge disruption, a huge complaint. It would have been a huge mess. They, the scripture says they left immediately in Luke 2.15 and hurried, verse 16. I don't know about you, if you, you, like we all have this pretty thing. Like sheep just, they get in line and they go where you tell them. As a pastor, let me tell you, because the Bible refers to you as sheep, and the pastor, as a shepherd of the sheep, let me tell you, it's never been that way. All right? Sheep go everywhere. That's why they've got the tools, like, like staffs and rods and sheepdogs. <laughs> and, and somebody finally said, we should get a fence because it would make this a whole lot easier to keep these sheep all in one place. And so these sheep could go everywhere. But it was better to leave them behind and be with the king than to try to hold on to the thing they thought they could control, the thing that they thought was bringing them the source of their life. And finally, the scripture goes on to tell us in verse 20 that the shepherds return to their flocks. The only way you return to something is you have to leave it in the first place. There are times where Christ will call you to let go of the things that we hold so deeply to to follow him. And the incredible thing is when we follow him, when we return to those things, we may. Upon leaving the sheep, the wise men to give, 
frankincense, gold, and myrrh. But what did the shepherds have to possibly give the King of kings and the Lord of lords when they showed up there in this barn, in this stable? The only gift they had to give was their worship. The greater gift. The only gift fit for the king. Can I tell you this morning, the only gift that you have worthy of the king is your worship. And not just the song. Worship is not just the time that we spend in church together singing songs. Worship is the connection of our heart to his heart. I was thinking this past week, because man, it's been snowy and cold. I don't know about any of you, but I'm ready for spring already. Like, all right, it's Christmas. Great, we had a white Christmas. Bring on spring. Um, but I was thinking back to the last couple of years. And I, I was shoveling the sidewalks downstairs, and I remembered two years ago, be outside and we're shoveling, and we brought our snowblowers, and we'd plow that little spot of land down there between those two sidewalks. For Sunday morning and we put up those heaters outside and I remember preaching in the cold for, a, for one, one whole year outside I remember people calling me telling me there's no way that you're doing that and I'm like I think it's what God's called me to do and can I tell you in those moments where I would preach in the cold there was something so special because I felt this is the greatest form of worship I could ever give my king because my worship is costing me something. Sometimes as I would preach, I'd get so excited that frost would form up on my beard and I'd have icicles in my nose at the end of the service. But my worship never felt more real. As I was praying this week and prepping this message, I just began to pray to the Lord, I want that again in my life. Not necessarily to go outside. I'm not saying next Sunday, come to church, we're all going to be outside again. No, I'm not saying that. But sometimes we're in our life and we just don't connect with Christ. We go through the motions. We'll come to church, we'll sing the songs. But sometimes we just got to lay the things down for a moment that we're dealing with. And just lift up our hands and praise him. Sometimes it's closing the bedroom door and kneeling beside your bed when no one else is around. And just going, Lord, I'm prioritizing you for the moment. Not putting on a show for others. Not putting on the church face and the, the church makeup and the church shoes and looking pretty and all that. that that's not worship. Bringing this broken, misfit man before the king. And saying, I just give you everything I have because you're worthy. That's worship. And he's worthy of that kind of worship this morning. Church, would you stand to your feet as our worship team leads us in a song? I love this song. Brandon Lake's a, a worship leader that I've been following this last year and incredibly anointed by God for this season of ministry. And he wrote this song called gratitude nothing else fit for a king but our worship 
Would you worship with us this morning, and then I'm going to come back and lead us in one more thing. Would you, uh, would you lead us this morning, Robbie? All my words to how could I express all my gratitude? I could sing this song as I often do, but every song must all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. I know it's not much, not nothing else fit for a king, except for a heart singing Come on, my soul. Come 
church full of misfits. The island of misfit toys had all these broken toys and toys that had all these issues. And but the king came and gathered them up. It still had purpose. Maybe you're broken today. Maybe you feel disregarded. You feel thrown away. Maybe you are going through one of the hardest times in your life. But I want to tell you, there is a king who is calling to you and who is gathering you up, who wants a relationship with you. If you're here this morning and you want a relationship with Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, with no one looking around. And if you're online, hey, let us know that you're making this decision. We want to know. If you're here, would you just slip up your hand and just say, I want a relationship with Jesus this morning. I need him in my life. We want to pray together this morning. We want to ask Jesus into our life. Would you just pray with me as I pray? We're just going to rededicate our life to Jesus and following him. Lord, we are a bunch of misfits this morning. And we're in need of a Savior. Lord, in our life, we've been disregarded, thrown away, broken. Sometimes we're, we're broken by the things that we've done, our own choices. We've gotten stuck, lost, caught up in religion. So many different things. Everyone has a different story, but we're all misfits in need of a Savior. Lord, would you come and gather us up? Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior this morning. Would you come into my life? Would you save me? I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, and that you rose again. And I choose to follow you. Change my life from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen.
One final thought before we leave today. There was a lion king on the island of misfit toys. Today, the lion, the real lion king calls to us. He fills us with a purpose, a bunch of misfits. When Jesus came the first time, he came as a lamb, but on his return, he comes as a lion. Verse 17 of Luke chapter 2 says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds were the herald that the King of kings and the Lord of lords had been born. We know his birth before his second is coming back. He comes back. Broken misfits. He comes back. And you have been privileged to be able to hear today that Jesus has a purpose for you. But there are so many in our community, in our workplaces, on your campus that do not know the Lion King. The King who comes to give purpose to the broken, the disconnected. And we have been called to the glorious purpose of telling people in our community that there is a king who is calling their name. And just like the shepherds who were given this great privilege to come before the king, there are people in our community who God is calling, come before the king of kings and lord of lords. And we are the heralds of that message to take to our community. He is the lion king. The final verse says, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which they were just, just as they had been told. The lion is coming back, church. The lion is coming back, but the work of the church is not done. It is time for us to make straight the paths that lead to the ways of the Lord for our community. We will serve our community. We will love our community. We will share the gospel with our community. Amen? As Before we leave today, Robin's going to lead us in one last song. Lion. Let's worship the Lion of Judah this morning. Robbie, then would you close us out? God of Jacob Great I am, King of angels, Son of man, the voice of many waters, song of heaven's throne, louder than the thunder, make your glory known. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah, let the lion roar. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah, let the lion roar. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah, let the lion roar. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah.
Zion, prophets fall, our Messiah, flesh and bone, you, you alone are worthy to open up the scroll, like a lamb you suffered, but the lion has a
Jesus, you're our lion. God, let your spirit roar in our lives. Lord, as we celebrate Christmas today, remind us of the true meaning of Christmas. And that's the lion has come in the form of a baby. He has come to bring us life and hope and joy and peace. Jesus, we worship you. Hallelujah. Lord, now we have an opportunity to give of our tithes and our offerings. God, thank you for the privilege we have to give back to you. Lord, I pray that you would continue to work through this church. Let this church be a light to this community. Let people experience the life. Now, Lord, go. Jesus, we love you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. See you next Sunday.